today on an all-new Dr. Phil. He admits to hitting his wife. Jeremy hit me with a belt buckle. If the violence doesn't stop, I am afraid that I'm going to die. So he grabs you, hits you, chokes you, and you're around for this. Why? Because I love him. You love who you wish he was, not who he is. When a husband turns violent. I see the good underneath him. Stop making excuses for your abuser. Let's do it. If we're going to do something here that matters, then we got to deal with the truth. Have a good show, everybody. Here we go. If I can help get this family back on track, are you willing to do that? Ready, three, take. This is going to be a changing day in your life. Go, Dr. Phil. My first guest today is Gina, and she says that her fiance, Jeremy, is physically, emotionally, and sexually abusive. Now, these pictures are the only evidence that Gina says that she has regarding these attacks. Bruises on her neck and arm, a swollen, bloodied lip, and a hand with defensive wounds. Now, there were more, but she says Jeremy destroyed the others. It's pictures like these and stories like the ones you're about to see that made me launch my End the Silence on Domestic Violence campaign two years ago. All right? The fact is that one out of four women will fall victim to domestic violence at some point in their life. So I'm not going to stop talking about this if there's even the slightest chance that I can save one woman from joining that statistic. Now, sadly, my first guest, Gina, is one of these women. She says that she and her fiancé, Jeremy, have been in about 50 fights in the last year. 50 fights. Jeremy disagrees and says that the number is closer to 20. Take a look. Because of Jeremy hitting me in my mouth, my smile looks crooked. He busted loose my three front teeth, wraps his hands around my neck, all of his body weight onto my throat. I am in an abusive relationship. He smashed the keyboard against my leg. I had her pinned against the kitchen counter. He grabbed me, choking me. I restrained her. He pushed me up against the pool table. He pulled the bedpost and threatened to bring it down on me. My fiance Jeremy will beat me at least once a week, pin me up against a wall, choke me. Gina has struck me, clawed me, thrown things at me. I've kicked him, I've scratched him. I fight back out of anger. We've had at least 50 fights. Gina does a lot of things to push my button. Gina will insult my manliness, throw things at me. I've choked her approximately 10 times. Jeremy called me a filthy trash I have called Gina a a whore, a slut. Our first physical altercation occurred June 16th, 2011. He started yelling at me. I walked outside. Jeremy pushed me up against the frame of the garage door. My head hit right here. Gina threatened to key my vehicle. Gina and I ended up wrestling on the ground for control of the keys. My logic went in the trash and my emotions took over. He pinned me to the floor, pushing my face into the carpet, choked me, threw me on the ground like a ragdoll. I didn't press charges because I figured it was just a one-time thing. Another time, we got into a really bad argument. 
Jeremy tore a ligament in my knee. I wrestled her to the bed with the intention of making her listen to me. He took my leg and turned it this way. We both heard a painful noise from her knee. At the hospital, we told them she fell off a ladder. It's really hard to believe if the violence doesn't stop. I am afraid that I'm going to die. Okay, can I set some ground rules right in the beginning? Because, you know, I take this very seriously. I take the topic very seriously, and I take y'all's relationship very seriously. So we've got to tell the truth. Because if you guys really, truly want to make a difference in, in your lives together, then it starts with, with truth and clarity. Can, can we do that? Seriously. My relationship with Jeremy means <clears throat> more to me than what other people think at this point. Why are you here? I'm here because I want, I want the problems to end. And what are the problems? The problems <clears throat> are, are arguing. A, a second. This is the first test. I just asked you a question, and I'm going to ask you to, to take a deep breath and think about it. I said, what are the problems? Really, no kidding, unvarnished, cut to the chase. What's the problem here? The problem is the physical violence. And are you physically violent with her? Yes. How does it start, and what do you do? A lot of times when it starts, I snap, and I get angry. I yell. I scream at her. And I, I tend to be combative. I call her names. And we, we get physical. A lot of times it involves wrestling and, and, and at its worst, choking. Okay, I listen very carefully to what people say. You said, I snap, I get aggressive, I yell, I call names. We get physical. So are you attempting to obviate your role in that? Or are you saying that... It's just something the two of you do together? What, what are you no, saying? No, I, I, I do become physical. Okay, so you become physical. What is the worst thing that you've done to her physically? The worst thing, there's been two times. Uh, one time when I injured her knee, and one time when I injured her teeth. Mm -hmm. You injured her knee to the point that she had to have surgery on it. And that was from pushing and her falling, right? And then another time, you, you say your arm slipped and you, you hit her in the teeth Correct. and cracked her teeth. You say this happens 50 times in a year. He says 20, like 30 makes a difference. But why is this happening? I know that I nag and I know that I have a tendency to push <clears throat> his buttons. Mm -hmm. What do you mean push his buttons? I bitch at him. I nag and I get to him. I mean, I... I can admit that. I acknowledge that I, I, I've done things to hurt him too, emotionally. Yeah. Why do you do that? Because I want him to feel the pain that he's made me feel. So you intend to hurt him. You say things that you know will hurt that will cut him emotionally. I'm resentful mm -hmm. and Honestly, I feel annoyed by his presence sometimes because I'm so resentful. So he hits you, grabs you, chokes you, pushes you physically, right? Yes. And you think part of that's your fault because you push the buttons and nag him and goad him. I don't know whose fault it is anymore. I've, I've heard him say things like, it's your fault that... I'm this way, 
you make me hit you. Mm -hmm. And when I think about it, after everything's said and done, some of it starts to make sense. I don't know if it's because I think about it too much, but some of it actually starts to make sense to me. What makes sense to you? The fact that I've hurt him and, and that that's why he just gets so angry that he would hurt me. So you say, okay, I get it now. I pushed him to the point that it's natural that he would do that. I think so. Yeah. So you, you've been at this a lot. You say 30 times, you say 50. According to Gina, you have choked her, you've pulled her hair, you've pushed her to the ground, shoved her face into the carpet, you've bruised her arms and legs, you have slammed her against the garage door, and you've thrown her on the ground like a rag doll. Correct. That's what she says. Do you mm -hmm. agree with all that? I agree. You've done all that. You admit that you've wrestled her onto the bed. Your intention was to make her listen. So that's your approach to in improving communication. I mean, wrestle her onto the bed, sit on top of her, because then I'll be more persuasive. At the time, that was my emotional response. Mm -hmm. that, that obviously isn't a logical So you've torn a ligament in her knee. According to Gina, that she has slapped you several times, and you threatened to bash your head in with a bedpost. Let me just be sure I got this all right. He, he's choked you, pulled your hair, pushed you to the ground, shoved your face in the carpet, bruised your arms and legs, slammed you against the door, thrown you around like a rag doll, tore a ligament in your knee, broke out your teeth, and driven a nail through your arm. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about why Gina says she won't leave her fiancé ever in spite of everything we've just talked about. We'll be right back. I literally get into a rage. I get so angry. What makes you so enraged that you pick up a weapon and beat the woman you love? All new tomorrow. At just 16, she got life in prison because she killed the man who sold her for sex. I definitely know I deserve punishment. The headline I would write is child victim kills pedophile pimp. Now, Hollywood wants to free Sarah. As Dr. Phil asks, where was her mother? He's messing with your daughter and you don't know what's going no, on. No, I don't want to be attacked. This is so much not about you. It's about your daughter. That's tomorrow. Gina and I have lied when speaking with other people about when she's had injuries. Well, Jeremy gave me a black eye and then he told everyone that I had had a seizure. I have epilepsy and I do have grand mal seizures. When Jeremy tore a ligament in my knee, he told his dad that I had fallen from a ladder while cleaning the gutters. Gina and I try to maintain the same story because we're obviously embarrassed about our behavior. Well, that was Jeremy talking about the lies he and Gina tell about her injuries. Now, Gina says that when she was three months pregnant, the unthinkable happened. She says that Jeremy raped her. Jeremy raped me while I was pregnant. He denied raping me for the longest time, and I tried explaining to him that no meant no. I brushed it off as miscommunication, that maybe I hadn't communicated with him well enough. Did you rape her? I've admitted to her that I did. 
That's not what I asked you. I did. Are you telling me that because it's what you think I want to hear? Because I read in you that you don't really think that constituted a rape. We talked a lot about you it. You said we were going to be honest. I know. Honestly, I've, I've thought a lot about it. And my mind is pulled in a, in a couple different directions about it. Regardless, I know that what I did hurt Gina. Mm -hmm. And it was wrong. All right, we'll come back to that. But continuing the hit parade, you've called her every name in the book. You've called her the B word, the <laughs> word. You've called her whore. You've called her fat. Did he whip you with a belt? Yes. Did he take a keyboard and smash it into your legs? Yes. And he demeans you emotionally? Calls you fat? She cheated on you? Yes. And you're around for this, why? Because I love him and I see the good underneath all the pain that he feels, all the resentment, because I know that he has a past similar to mine and that was actually one of the reasons why we connected so well. All right. Well, hold that thought, because that's where we're going next. Now, earlier this year, Gina says that she suffered a whipping from Jeremy, a whipping that she'll never forget. The most painful injury I've sustained from our fighting was when Jeremy hit me with a belt buckle. I'm not even sure what the fight was about. It was probably really stupid and childish. Jeremy pushed me onto the bed so that I was on my stomach, folded the belt in half, and brought it down against my back as hard and as fast as he could, like that. I remember the sound that it made, and I remember the crack and the way it echoed throughout this room, and it makes me sick to my stomach. There was bleeding under the skin. My bruise is probably about the size of my two fists put together. What do you say about that? There's really nothing that I can say other than it, it was purely an emotional reaction during, during one of the fights we had. You say that as though you shift into another gear and that kind of excuses it. Like you know intellectually it's wrong, but emotionally you did it. You get that's not an excuse, right? Correct. Why do you permit this from yourself? Why do you accept this from you? I got a lot of questions about why you accept it from him, but I want to know why you accept this behavior from you. Honestly, it's one of those things where I, I, I literally get into a rage. I get so angry that, that my, my, my logic and my common sense just gets thrown out the window. What, what makes you so angry? A lot of times it's reacting to the things that are done to me. Like what? What makes you so enraged that you pick up a weapon and beat the woman you love? A lot of times it's in response to things that, that are done to me previously. I mean, for example, Gina and I have, have had several fights where sh she's been the aggressor or, or things have been thrown at me, things in the house have been destroyed or damaged, and I, I, I'm trying to stop her from doing these things. And this is your way of stopping her? You're going to beat her down where she won't do it anymore? Hey, what is it that was torn up in the house that was so valuable that you were willing to sacrifice your character, your definition as a man, and who you are and will be. 
What was it that was, was it a clock? Was it a chair? What is your character worth? What was it that was torn up that you said, for this, I'm willing to sacrifice who I have become as a man? Several times it ranges from car keys. It, it can range from computer equipment. It could be food um, and, and just other trinkets and things that are sitting out, whatever's within reach. How does that sound as you hear yourself say it? it I was willing to sacrifice my character as a man for a burrito and a keyboard? It sounds pretty stupid. You know why it sounds stupid? Because it does. Seriously, come on. You just said, because you understand, when you put your hands on a woman in anger, when you violate a woman, you have violated and sacrificed your own character. You have, you have behaved in a totally unacceptable, punk, scumbag sort of way. Is there any other way to say it? And you're, you're doing that, you say you're doing that because of car keys, computer equipment, food, or trinkets. Now, if I thought you were that stupid, I would move to have you locked up. But I want to tell you what I really think. You just don't have the power to evoke this kind of response from someone. I would rather him yell at me than ignore me. I think that in life, people fight about, talk about, and hide behind topics because they're unwilling to deal with the issues that underlie the topics. And I have a strong, strong suspicion that you have been on the other end of this imbalance of power. I have the strong suspicion that you didn't have the strength, the size, the wherewithal to fight back. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. And so you don't ever want to be out of control again. Right. But that's the issue. You, you're not beating her over some keys. You're not beating her over some food. You've got a rage inside that needs to be healed. That does not excuse what you're doing in any way, shape, or form. But it should identify for you, look, this kind of rage comes from the inside out. It's not reactive to what people do. I'm sorry, you just don't have the power to evoke this kind of response from someone. You may think you do. And you may even sometimes want to be someone that can be so important to him and so powerful for him that you can drive him over the edge and make him crazy. It may give you a sense of power sometimes to push those buttons and say, I can hurt him back. But the truth is, that kind of rage, that kind of anger, that kind of violence comes from the inside out, not from the outside in. I guess the way I feel is that there have been times where, I mean, he doesn't spend a lot of time with me and I feel that negative attention is better than no attention. I know that's not logical, but that's what my heart tells me, that I would rather him yell at me than ignore me. 
And you understand what he and I were just talking about. Yes, sir. Because we can tell the same story about you. Because you've been hurt long before him. Yes, sir. True? Yes, sir. What did they do to you? I was raped when I was 11. Did you feel powerless? Yes, sir. And when you think about it, does it put a knot in your stomach? Yes, sir. And you can think about it so vividly that it's as though it happened earlier today, can you not? I can almost feel it. You can smell the smell. Yes, sir. You can hear the breathing. It's all very real and vivid to you, is it not? Yes, sir. It changed who you were. Yes, sir. So we have two damaged people that come together and damage each other. True? Yes, sir. Isn't that what's going on here? That's exactly what's going on. This isn't about keys. It's not even about knees or teeth. It's about a wounded soul, and that has to stop. Gene and Jeremy have a son, and surprise, surprise, he's starting to show violent and aggressive tendencies. Is he mimicking his parents? Right back. This November. Slap my head. How hard you slap her? And she falls over. Yeah. She keeps on nagging at me about the same old stuff. Well, I don't like what you're saying right now. How would you feel if I just slapped you down out of the chair? My daughter faked her pregnancy for seven months. All the doctors said she wasn't pregnant. Where did you get that sonogram picture? From them. That wasn't your sonogram at all. I know the truth. I was pregnant. There was a group that hated my daughter, the Kill Katie Club. Giselle calling my son a bully. It all has to tie in with her wanting to get media attention. They've said, I'm doing this because of a pageant I did. You seem upset. She just taunted me in front of your audience. I did not get pregnant to be on a TV show. I do think you did it to get on a show. You need to grow up, and you need to keep your pants zipped up, slick. It all happens this November on Dr. Phil. Closed captioning provided by... The way that our fights escalate is more of an analogy. If one party will bring a knife, the next person will bring a gun. Then the next person pulls out a rifle, the next person pulls out a grenade. And it keeps escalating higher and higher until it finally explodes. Well, that was Jeremy explaining how his fights with Gina turned physical. Now, Gina says that her son is starting to act out, and she feels like the worst mom ever. Take a look. Stop throwing a fit. I don't feel that I'm a good mom. Connor, stop. When I spend all of my energy fighting with Jeremy, it feels like I have none left for our son. He does act out more than the average two-year-old. <laughs> Ow! Connor, don't bite me! He'll bite us, he'll scream, he'll hit us, slap us in the face, hold my hair. I can see the anger inside of him. Connor, stop! He can't control it. I think he has seen what goes on between me and Jeremy, and he thinks it's perfectly acceptable. My biggest fear is that my son will grow up thinking that it's okay to hurt people. Okay, uh, Gina, you just said in the tape piece that your son 
is starting to think this is perfectly okay. He's exhibiting behaviors that tell me that. Mm -hmm. Now, didn't you tell us that despite everything we've been talking about here, being called every name, cheated on, hit, choked, pushed, hurt, that you never actually realized you were being abused until you watched one of my shows on In the Silence on Domestic Violence? I guess I didn't really want to believe it. I think I was in denial for the longest time about what was happening to me. I was trying to sweep it under the rug. And every time I would see a show on that season, I felt a knot in my stomach because I could, I could connect with the guest that you had and it just felt like a knife going through my chest. Well, what you just said has me and a staff of 300 here saying yes because that's exactly why we do those shows, these shows, you are now that show. It's exactly why we do this. I want to make people think about what they're doing. I want to make people think about what they're accepting from themselves and each other. But let me be very clear. You are programming your son to be an abuser. You are programming him to be aggressive and violent and violate the rights of other people. You are teaching him that when you feel frustration, anger, rage, you go physical. You just overwhelm someone, you overpower somebody. It's, and, and you didn't invent this. I mean, where do you think bullies come from? Bullies come from homes where bullying is manifest. They come from homes where their parents bully them and their parents bully each other and their parents exhibit behavior where they manage by intimidation and compel someone to do what they want them to do. You guys couldn't be creating a bully any more effectively than if you had gone into a laboratory like Weird Science and designed one to pop out. And he deserves a better chance than that. I know that. That's why I feel horrible. I, I'm not, I don't feel like a good mother. I, I told him the day he was born, the day he was born, I held him in my arms and I told him, I looked down at him and I promised him all seven pounds and 15 ounces, I will protect you. I will be there for you. I will protect you from all harm. But I'm not. Well, not only are you not protecting him from harm, you are becoming the harmer. I am. You are becoming the toxic element in his life, both of you. I am. I mean, come on. So why keep doing this? For most people, it's hard to understand why someone like Gina would stay in an abusive relationship like this. Her reason is actually very common. If Jeremy and I were to split up, I'd never be able to love another man again. I want to spend the rest of my life with Jeremy. The first page of a book never tells the full story. 
And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Tomorrow on an all-new Dr. Phil. Convicted because she killed the man who sold her for sex. He's messing with your daughter and you don't know. I don't want to be attacked. This is so much not about you. It's about your daughter. That's tomorrow. Closed captioning provided by... absolutely love Jeremy. I have never loved a man so much in my life. I don't excuse the abuse, but I do want to give Jeremy a chance because I can see the good that's underneath all the pain that he's feeling. If Jeremy and I were to split up, I'd never be able to love another man again. I want to spend the rest of my life with Jeremy. Well, Interestingly enough, that can be a very short period of time if you continue what you're doing. That life you're going to spend the rest of with him. You, you guys understand here that you're playing a very dangerous game. We do. Th these things that you're doing, you're bigger, stronger, more powerful. That's why men can't put their hands on women in anger. There's an imbalance of power. It is unfair. It's not an even... It's not an even, even trade. And not that you should ever do it under any circumstance, but that is one reason you just don't put your hands on a woman in anger. It's not fair. Just like it wasn't fair when what was done to you was done to you. It wasn't fair when what was done to you was done to you. And you have to make some decisions right here, right now, today. This legacy has to stop. You were both hurt and abused until somebody says, I'm stopping that legacy right here. That will not be what I pass on to my child. It doesn't go generation to generation to generation. You can make a choice to change it. You can make a choice. You need a wake-up call to do it. Well, here I am. I want to be that wake-up call. And you have to stop being in denial. You have to stop making excuses. You have to stop trying to perpetuate this. You're not responsible for it. You say, well, I egg him on. Well, yeah, that's not smart. It's very cliche of you to say negative attention is better than no attention at all. But it's not acceptable. It is not okay for your son. It's not okay for your son. He deserves better than that. And you have to decide, you know what? I'm walking out of my history right now. I'm walking out of my history. I have a history of abuse. I have a history of being dominated, hurt, raped, molested, all of these things. But I'm walking out of that history right now. I'm going to stand up and walk out of it because I'm going to require more of myself. I'm going to require more of him. I'm going to require more for my child. You've got to decide no more denial, no more saying, well, you know, I'm just trapped. I'll love him forever. Look, your child needs a mother, not a martyr. He doesn't need someone's grave to go to every day because you two get in some stupid fight and you fall down and hit your head on the corner of a table and you're dead. And you know what happens then? 
they bury you, they put you in prison for manslaughter, and your child goes to foster care. That's the future of this family if you don't wake up and do something different. You love who you wish he was, not who he is. And if he leaves, you will miss who you wish left. But it won't be him. I hate the fact that the fighting has occurred so frequently. My therapist told me that I should run away as fast as I can. I have tried to leave several times in order to avoid a fight, but Gina has baited me to come back in the house or threaten me in some manner. She has said, please don't leave me alone. Block the doorway to the garage. She has literally stood in front of the car to prevent me from moving forward. Okay, look, you disrespect each other, you attack each other, you fight in front of your kids, you, you've, you've cheated. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And that can and will change. Now, first off, you have to make a resolve that you will not now nor ever be hit on or beat on another time in your life. You have to make that resolve right here right now. If you said, I, you know, I didn't realize I was in denial, well, snap out of that. The denial is gone, right? Because I'm telling you that is not okay. Yes, sir. Got it? Yes, sir. That's not the only reason I haven't called the police, though. Do you want to talk about another reason? Do you need more reasons than that? There have been times where he's taken my cell phone from me or literally shut the cell phone service off. How long has this been going on? How, how long have y'all been together? We've been together for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So in that time, there was never a time you could have called the authorities? Of course there was. You could have called them this morning from the green room. We got a phone in there. You could go to the grocery store and use an old pay phone. You could, don't tell me that you haven't had a chance to call. He's also... Whoa, 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 whoa. No, you don't just change the subject, ma'am. I also feel extremely... No, no, no. You've had an opportunity to call. There have been opportunities. Okay, so don't tell me that, well, I, there's other reasons I couldn't call, like he took my cell phone. There have been times you couldn't call, but there have been times you could. So don't just wipe that away like, well, I, I hear what you said, but I, you know, he took my cell phone one time or he turned it off. You've had opportunities to reach out. You just haven't done it. Correct. But you have now. You're here. Right. So give yourself credit for that. Don't excuse that you didn't. Take pride in the fact that you did. You're here. You're on the Dr. Phil Show. <laughs> How many of my shows do you watch? Do you really want to know? Yes. <laughs> I've been watching you since I was in high school and probably watch every night, even the reruns. And it's taken you this long. No, I mean, I mean I, it's taken, what, 15 years? I, I know better. I, I know better in the back of my head. Logically, I know better. I, I don't want to admit it because I love him. Okay, look. I don't want to see him <clears throat> as an abuser. Okay, but he is. You love who you wish he was, not who he is. And if he leaves, you will miss who you wish left. 
but it won't be him. But I'm not going to leave him like this, okay? So it's okay to acknowledge that he is not acceptable as he is. Okay? It's not acceptable. Well, then quit making excuses for him. And don't tell me that your don't tell me that your self-esteem is is not the issue here. Your self-esteem is 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 as low as it can get. I'm not gonna lie to you. I hate myself. I know. <laughs> I know that. I just need to be sure you know I know that. And I want to know that you know that I know that you know that. <laughs> I think everybody in this room knows. Uh, well, good. But you can't change what you don't acknowledge. He is behaving like a jerk. He is behaving like a jerk. That is not okay. I did not say, I did not say he is a jerk. Because I don't believe that. I really don't. I do not think this is a bad, evil man. And that's what I, I told the producers is that I see the good underneath him. Okay. Because I experienced it at one time. It's okay for me to take up for him. It's not okay for you to take up for him. Stop making excuses for your abuser. Okay? Okay. Stop making excuses for your abuser. Is it okay for him to put his hands on you in anger? No. Is it okay for him to call you demeaning names? No. Is it okay for him to cheat on you? No. Is it okay for him to isolate you? No. Okay. Then there is no but. That's the end of that story. So if he doesn't change that, which he can, then you need to get out of this relationship. <laughs> you know you got to change this. Yes, I do. This is not who you want to be. Yes, definitely. You, you can't be proud of this. You, yeah. you, you go throw her down, rub her face in the carpet, and then go look in the mirror. What do you see? It's not, it's not something you're proud of, right? Not at all. So you're a big, tough guy. You can bounce a woman around. You don't like that about yourself. No, I hate it, in fact. And you need to stop that. And to stop that, you've got to put out the fire inside. You've got to get the rage inside. And you've got to decide men just don't do that to women. It's not okay. It's not okay to do that to a woman, ever, never, ever. And if you continue to do it, I will haunt her till she prosecutes you and leaves you. I'm serious, I, I, will, I will. But I don't think that's what you're gonna do. Because I think you wanna change this. What we've gotta do is take away your need to vent that rage, right? And you need that for peace in yourself. I do. And then you can come to her as a respectful husband and father and, and do what you need to do. This can change. I'm going to get you some serious help about this. And it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy. But you have to resolve what's going on inside you to heal yourself and this family. But that's your job. See, I, I think there's a role of the man in the family. And I think you're to be a leader, a provider, a protector, and a teacher. And you're violating every one of those right now. And you can't take up that mantle until you heal what's going on inside you. But I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to get you that help to help you turn that corner. Okay? And I'm going to do exactly the same thing with you. Not as a couple right now but individually.
and we're going to give you the resources to hit the panic button if you need help to get you out of there. But I think he's going to surprise you. I hope so. I think he's going to surprise you, aren't you? <laughs> I want to. All Badly. Right. All right, we're going to follow this very closely. Closed captioning provided by... If you would like to purchase a DVD or transcript of your favorite Dr. Phil show, please log on to drphil.com or call 866-4-DR-PHIL. That's 866-437-7445. 866-437-7445. October is National Domestic Abuse Awareness Month. So don't let another day go by without asking for help. Everyone has the right to live without fear and violence. For more information on our End the Silence on Domestic Violence campaign, go to drphil.com because there are all kinds of resources, information, quizzes, checklists, and, and security programs, how to get out of a situation like that safely. There's all kinds of resources there. And, and numbers to call if you need help. And by the way, if you call a domestic violence hotline, nobody's gonna pressure you, nobody's gonna ask for your name. They're just there to listen and talk and give you information if you want it. So don't feel like, oh, they're gonna try to push me into something. If you need help or you know someone that does, then call the National Domestic Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Help is available 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Or you can go to nnedv.org, the website for the National Network to End Domestic Violence. And we partner with both of these guys and work together. Thanks so much for being here. We'll see you next time. October is National Domestic Abuse Awareness Month, so don't let another day go by without asking for help. Everyone has the right to live without fear and violence. For more information on our End the Silence on Domestic Violence campaign, go to drphil.com because there are all kinds of resources, information, quizzes, checklists, and, and security programs, how to get out of a situation like that safely. There's all kinds of resources there. And, and numbers to call if you need help. And by the way, if you call a domestic violence hotline, nobody's gonna pressure you, nobody's gonna ask for your name. They're just there to listen and talk and give you information if you want it. So don't feel like, oh, they're gonna try to push me into something. If you need help or you know someone that does, then call the National Domestic Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Help is available 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Or you can go to nnedv.org, the website for the National Network to End Domestic Violence. And we partner with both of these guys and work together. Thanks so much for being here. We'll see you next time.